So hello, lovely people. My name is Anne Leslie. My name is Jennifer Winterchrist. And my name is Faith O'Peel. And, we, and are, we are out of band. Out of band. <laughs> so we're back for episode two um and delighted to be here um you know episode one was us putting ourselves out there a bit of a pilot adventure to see test the water and see what happened and we are kind of bowled over by feedback sorry i've got background noise here this is like working from home um but yeah we were bowled over by really warm feedback that we got from people in our networks people from outside our networks um saying thank you for being honest um, and the comment that kept on coming back again and again was thank you for the authenticity loving what we're seeing we love that it's raw we love that it's real um, and that's what we wanted to do from the outset was be here without pretense um, and that's what we're gonna make sure we keep on doing going forward um, so today's conversation we've we've themed around um, this idea of keeping up appearances. Um, the three of us are going to be diving into what does that mean in our day-to-day -day work and in our lives? Um, how does it impact us? Um, what the kind of connotations are in terms of leadership um, and the impact actually in terms of appearances, behaviors, progression what holds us back um and i'm just gonna you know throw it throw it open to, to both of you faith and faith and jennifer so when we talk about appearances what what does that mean for you um either of you jump in in terms of appearances the pressure it puts you under <laughs> it gives you um what what are appearances and keeping up appearances in in your work and in maybe even in your personal lives well, one thing I want to add, by the way, to your excellent introduction is that we're not just going to give like really bad examples or anything. We're also going to try to give solutions from our point of view. Um, that being said, um, keeping up appearances, that is a hefty title. And um, it's interesting, though, because um, as we all know, cybersecurity is a rather male dominated world, um, meaning that you have to deal with like a male dominated culture. Um, so the influence it has had on me, at least in the last 10 plus years is, um, that I kind of had to make myself a bit more harsh, a bit more putting myself out there and a bit more dominant, I would say. Um, I mean, I've, I've studied IT for over nine years due to the freaking ed education system in the Netherlands, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I remember having to develop like a really thick skin because of, for example, the jokes or because of, for example, the, 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 the comments that were made that men, for example, do not necessarily find very offensive or very harsh, um, but quite normal actually. While I was like, what did you just say? Did you really just mention that? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely had to develop a thicker skin and, um, not put myself like emotionally out there as, as I normally would have. Yeah. What about you, Faith? Uh, the same thing, right? Um, I felt that I had to, I'm only human, right? I, <laughs> I want to, I want to fit in. I want to also maybe be liked, not really liked, but I want to be in a, in an environment that makes me 
happy or makes me bring my authentic self. So sometimes I, I felt that I had to act in a certain way or talk in a certain way to just try to fit in. And um, yeah, that's what keeping up appearances means to me. It's just not being myself um, 100%. It's just trying to fit into the norm of the society that I find myself in and not necessarily how I would personally carry myself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I mean, one of the things that I found um, much less so recently, but you spoke about your authentic self and I definitely wasn't my authentic self for the vast majority of my life, but I can't yeah. say it's necessarily anybody's fault, right? It was just kind yeah. of the product of circumstance. And if I'm able to turn up now and be more authentic, it's because I've I've lived through things that have mm-hmm. forced me to change for the better. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to say more with more conviction now that I know who I am as my authentic self, but there's a flip side to it, which is now I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm much less tolerant of situations and contexts and people who don't allow me to be who I am. And I rebel against it and I try and remove myself, I think from situations where I, I feel pressure on me to not be what I am. And I actually, I value, there's, there's a lot of flip sides. I value people and context who allow me to be what I am without judgment, right? It doesn't mean that they like everything about me. They might not necessarily agree with what I think, but they don't reject me yeah. for my difference. And that's, that's a real, a real value that I found in, um, in people and in the environment that I'm in more recently, that my difference is not a cause of exclusion, mm-hmm. where it had been in the past. Um, but because I'm is, more, yeah. Yeah, is that because you're more open about it or is that because of the way that the environment itself is? Or why do you but, feel right now more accepted? I think there are two things. I think there's um, the, the, the context right? The, the context is definitely, um, and I'd almost say the context is like a hygiene factor, right? You can't mm-hmm. be yourself unless the context around you is willing to permit it. Mm-hmm. But there's an element definitely from me, which is I am more confident in myself. I think I like myself more, which is, you know, I grew up in a culture where liking yourself was like a cardinal sin. If you said that you liked yourself or that you, you know, in Ireland, saying to somebody or about somebody, oh my God, you love yourself. It's, it's a terrible, That's, terrible insult, yeah. right? Yeah. And yet what we're realizing as we become sort of more evolved that self-care and being kind to ourselves is not a sin. It's actually, you know, the foundation for being okay with yourself so that you can be okay and good with others. Um, but I had to unlearn everything that mm-hmm. I had learned growing up. This unspoken belief that um, being in any way kind to yourself was a bad thing. And I had to unlearn that, relearn a new behavior, a kind of a new belief system. Um, and now I'm more confident in turning up and being open and being mm-hmm. less abrasive and less volatile because. I am the way I am. I still have inner work to do. I still have work to improve, but I don't dislike myself. And I think probably deep down, I disliked myself for quite a big portion of my life. Mm, yeah. 
that's interesting actually um um yeah in the netherlands we don't necessarily have that distinctive culture where we are not allowed to like ourselves i'm using quotations here because free interpretation um but what i did notice when i so i had the education and i went through like conforming to a more um masculine dominant uh, way of approaching the world and then i went into uh my first full-time job which was high pressure high pressure environment with a lot of uh, external factors that for example pushed you to go more to the limit to go more like okay yeah I'll, i will do this extra work for you I'll, i will be more flexible with that and then ending up with like 60 to 70 work week hours um it took a while and it took a heavy impact on my life to actually stop think about things and actually say sorry but this is not what i want to do anymore and uh drop that kind of appearance as well that i'm no longer okay with with putting others forward or putting others first mm. uh, but actually just thinking about myself also a little bit yeah Boundaries. i think i've i think yeah. i've also i think i also come from that type of background that mm-hmm. Anne is talking about whereby you're always thinking of everyone else mm-hmm. but yourself you're always thinking of okay so what will happen if if i don't do this my brothers mm-hmm. won't have this or if i yeah. don't do this someone else is not going to have it but you're not thinking of how that actually impacts you mm-hmm. and over the past few years i've actually had to learn to be sorry to say but selfish mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really selfish but yeah. i've 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 learned to care about myself and about mm-hmm. my well-being instead yeah. of always trying to care about everyone else's well-being mm-hmm. and putting myself in the sidelines and that's so, really yeah. interesting yeah i mean what you're talking yeah. about is super interesting right this kind of where um brought up i think as as girls is that we're there maybe to keep the peace we're yeah. there to nurture and there's nothing yeah. wrong with nurturing other people right but it's again about boundaries where are you on the spectrum between being a good person helping other people and allowing yourself the space to to be you and mind yourself mm-hmm. and preserve your own energy and you know look after your own well-being and i think sometimes we're kind of pushed to the spectrum of forgetting ourselves yeah but it manifests you know we, we we were kind of talking about um this in our personal lives Jennifer you touched on it in the work context mm-hmm. but a lot of what we manifest as adult behaviors in our professional lives are the product of things we internalize and learn when we're kids yeah i you know i've had conversations recently where um somebody who i know wants to help me has been saying i feel you're holding back you know <laughs> i'd really love to see you take a stab at something and i'm kind of going we don't risk yeah <laughs> you know and we're not we're not brought up to take risks right no, not if you do up. something you that need to so do it perfectly and otherwise it's done you just don't pick it up anymore plus for me for example i had a lot to lose by risking stuff right yeah. uh i i would risk something and then okay i then what i lose my job i lose everything and who take care of me i cannot just risk any any time so it's it's sort of risk what 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 are we risking learning sorry losing um 
uh, are we losing face? Are we losing sometimes relationships, right? The financial the impact, independence. Financial. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was mostly financial, right? And face also. Yeah, the sense of jeopardy, right? The sense of yeah. jeopardy of what, what are we risking um, by manifesting a behavior that's different to what is expected. And again, right, that feeds into mm-hmm. appearances. So yeah. when we do something, I know, do either of you have sort of good stories about when you maybe did something that wasn't expected or you hesitated and then didn't do the thing that was maybe contrary to the norm. Have, have you got sort of uh, life stories of things that either have gone either direction, right? Where you rebelled against the norm or you kind of went, well, actually, no, do you know what? I'm gonna play it safe. Well, for me, the whole going into IT and going into cybersecurity is going against the norm. Like in, I left high school, however you wanna call it, depends on the system that you grew up in. Uh, but I left high school with a cultural and historical profile background, meaning that I was very good with with art, I was very good with history, Mm. uh, geography, any those type of uh, courses, basically. I wasn't very good at at, at, like all the technical stuff. Um, And even worse, I have dyscalculia, meaning that I am horrible with numbers. But I liked computers. I loved computers. My, My father always had like the latest stuff at home and always let me play with it whenever he was done with that. So for me, going into IT was like that big leap of faith, which caused me a lot of anxiety during my study years because I was always the one that had to catch up just a little bit more. Um, but still, it's, it's a risk that I took and I'm happy that I took because I love my job right now. And I'm happy also to see that you don't necessarily be, need to be the most technical if you don't want to be within our yeah. field um, in order to actually have like a really awesome cool job and and really make a successful life for yourself yeah yeah and for me i guess it's just i ask questions (laughs) (laughs) i just ask questions before before i will be i will do what i'm told but and that is completely not um um not a not in my culture Uh, so the fact that i ask questions oh sorry the fact that I ask questions is completely not in my culture Mm. so that's I think something that's me going against the current but with time I understood that if I just take it and take it and take it there's no one else who's going to fight for me or ask those questions so Mm -hmm. why should I be doing something that doesn't make sense yeah yeah I ask questions Totally. And it's, I mean, what you're talking about there, Faith, basically is saying, you know, it's laying, staking a claim to your space, right? Because what I learned is that unless you, unless I staked a claim to my place and space in the universe, other people have a tendency to like literally steal your oxygen, right? They'll, they will take up the space that you leave them take. Um, and again, I was talking about earlier, you know, unlearning behaviors. When I started to change how I was turning up and putting boundaries, people don't like it straight away. Yeah. Um, and some people they will tend to get annoyed. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the people who who stick around, uh, they, they, you know, I found that people their noses might be put out of joint tempor- temporarily, but the people who are worth hanging on to, they get used to it, and the yeah. people who don't, 
they're not such a big loss anyway. Are um, you really gonna miss them? No, no. They, I, what I actually realized was those kind of people brought me noise. They brought me no joy. They brought me noise. Um, and I'm 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 better with less noise and some more inner peace. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good summary. So um, we've, yeah. we've we've been speaking now about like uh, keeping up appearances and changing behaviors. Like, are there specific traits that you kind of taught yourself to exhibit more outwardly um, to to make a stand? And and how did people respond to that? So I learned, I, I, I kind of hate the expression finding your voice because it sounds really cliched, yeah, but yeah. I, I was super quiet. Like people sort of look at me now going, oh, you know, you're very confident, but I, I learned confidence. I spent yeah. 35 years cowering inside being shy and being kind of ashamed and I have nothing useful to say. Um, so I unlearned things to learn to be confident and I, I learned to use my voice. Um, so people sort of say, oh, you know, you're really good at speaking. And I learned that. Um, I don't think I was born with that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the biggest accelerator of sort of my, my liking myself more, having better relationships with people and having a better career, my biggest accelerator has been the use of my voice mm -hmm. um, in different scenarios. Um, as a way of influencing people, as a way of communicating my opinions, my values, my values, actually, I was to say my value, my values. <laughs> um, um, because I think getting confidence about the kind of person I am, what matters to me, and the things that I think are important, which are humility, integrity, honesty, authenticity. I'm not ashamed anymore to stake it, you know, mm -hmm. put a line in the sand that goes, I believe that these things are important. Um, and using my voice to say that, that's been the biggest change I think that I've made, um, is being a little bit noisier. That's really yeah. great. Yeah. And, and, and for think? me, yeah, for me, it's been learning to speak about what I have done mm -hmm. or what I have achieved. Mm -hmm. For me, it's in the beginning, I used to think this is more of bragging, right? Um, no my my work is just supposed to speak for itself but when I entered rooms with uh guys in the team you'd hear them saying I have done this I have done that even though it's mm -hmm. been a teamwork I, I, I'm the one who did this <laughs> and I'm like no you didn't man I was there <laughs> but you know I uh thinking of myself and saying what I have done has been a really unnatural thing for me to do but mm -hmm. I am learning it and I continue to learn it and uh, yeah I think that that's a very useful thing to, to know how to promote yourself and yeah. put yourself out there um, yeah. yeah because if, if you don't promote yourself who will I mean you will probably have some sponsors amongst your colleagues or amongst your friends or whatever who will always advocate your your activities and your your progress but um that's not always the case so yeah. if you don't have that and you don't speak up who will yeah. notice what you've done then yeah and the second thing actually uh that I have had to try to get used to is not being liked Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. 
because I, I don't know, I'm only human and I, I'd like to be liked, right? But I found out that you can, um, maybe competence and likability don't really fit in the yeah. same sentence, at least for me. Uh, so I have, I have tried to reduce the, I don't want to say need, but I have <laughs> the want to be liked um, and just, just swing it. That's totally relatable, like totally relatable. I think I spent, again, the vast majority of my life trying to fit in and a need to be liked because being rejected was just like, ah, I can't cope with this. Um, but the need to be liked, um, yeah, again, it's sort of, it, it drives the types of behaviors as boundaries, right? How much are you willing to accept to be liked, particularly in a professional context? You know, there's often, we kind of conflate this thing that if I need to be liked, it means I have to be agreeable. But- Which in most cases, it is also perceived as. Um, yeah. People will like you if you say yes to them. Yeah. Most cases. Absolutely. And yet we're, we're told over and over again that um, great cultures and, you know, in companies that succeed, we need diversity of thought, we need cognitive diversity, but that, by definition means we're different. And it means not only that we have different backgrounds and we, we come from different places with different skill sets, but it means that we are willing to entertain the idea that we can disagree and yeah. that disagreements can be constructive. Um, and yet, I don't, we, you know, we really struggle, I think, with having um, the ability to disagree but not jeopardize the relationship. Like, I can yeah. like you, but I don't have mm -hmm. to agree with you all the time. But it doesn't mean that the two can't coexist. I can still yeah. like you. Just I respect no, that you opinion. But that's the thing. Like in a professional setting, um, most of the cases, if you want to build relationships, if you want to build lasting progress, it is usually better on the short term, not on the long term, but on the short term, to be agreeable, to say yes, to to be liked, because that's what gets you further normally in the long term it hurts yourself because it basically allows you to step over every freaking boundary that you have yeah. um i mean this is not the topic for today but if you have had for example burnout you will know what i mean mm. and that is also something when you really learn that no is also perfectly a good answer yeah sure yeah yeah but i, I think um just on that topic right the we had said you know well we put the caveat in again we've said in episode one this is not a gender soapbox and it's not okay but the fact is that gender is nonetheless a topic in the sense that it comes in as a parasite in yeah. uh, professional situations again with how it drives behaviors perceptions um people's biases and how they're reading situations and I have noticed that when I exhibit a behavior that I'm modeling on something I have seen a man I admire do, you know, how a man has handled the professional situation and it's got yeah. to a good outcome. When I've modeled that behavior, and okay, maybe I haven't done it perfectly, but you know, the, I have tried to emulate something that I have seen work when I do it as a woman, 
the result is not the same. No. And the feedback that I get on it is, wow, why were you so abrasive? Yeah. Wow, you know, that wasn't like you. Is there something wrong? Like, yeah. No, I just, you know, discipline and focus. We haven't got much time, people. We need why are you being bossy? Why are you being bossy? Or in worst case scenario, don't be such a bitch. bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I haven't got a solution to that, but I think about it a lot because, you know, I, I sort of introspect on, well, how could I have managed that situation differently? You know, did I do it wrong? But I, it's just a fact that I see that behaviors that I, I see in some, in some colleagues that are effective in those situations when I try and emulate them, it doesn't seem to sit very well because it's not my place to behave like that. Like even the mode of communication, right? Um, do you sometimes feel that you, you need to be a little extra nice to, be, yeah. before you actually ask someone to do something? I mean, the most famous example of that is like when uh, a man and a woman write the same type of email with the same type of request. I have read and then some a man emails. Is so, like, really direct, doesn't spend like four or five seconds on really typing mm-hmm. it out. The woman spends 20 minutes on rewriting an email with, like, please, can you do what you consider? I would appreciate. That's me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember coming into into one of the teams, and I read an I read an email by one of my colleagues to the manager, to our manager, and for me it was that is so rude, (laughs) and I was. You know, I, I can't even imagine myself writing it that way because someone will just tell me I'm rude or maybe it's just in my head. <laughs> well, again, I think it's like conditioning, right? I, uh, I don't think I'm alone in this. Conditioned to be polite, conditioned mm-hmm. to accommodate other people. And, um, you know, I've had sort of coaching uh, in a professional context and say, yeah, you know, you need to step up your, your, your leadership capability. You need to be assertive. I'm kind of going... Yeah, okay, but when I do, you know, it doesn't always go very well. Um, it's not very well received normally. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, and there's a lot of stuff circulating on the internet at the moment about this. There's a great meme, right, where a, a man is perceived as le- a leader, a woman is bossy. Um, yeah. I, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there are a few a, more. A, a man is persistent, a woman is nagging. Um, yeah, a woman is difficult, a man is telling the truth. Or a woman is pushy, a man is ambitious. So these kind of things, right? And I'd love to live in a world where that is gender neutral. Um, and where, you know, we're, if we're having a debate about an idea, I can express it and debate it and argue about it, about the idea, right? Not about power, about getting to the best outcome, about getting to the best idea possible without my gender coming in, distorting that argument because it does happen right where the quality of my competence or the idea I have if it was somebody of identifying as a man um vehicling that idea the argument and how the interpersonal dynamic happens would probably be very different yeah yeah 
But I don't know. I mean, that's a big topic. It's sort of maybe, maybe in our lifetime we'll get to a world where we've resolved it. But yeah, no. Well, if, if we consider that that point of view, then like we've complained about it, or at least we've we've addressed the issue. Um, what would you, in an ideal situation, like to see in practice so that these kind of differences in attitude and the way it's perceived or recepted, uh, received, um, if, uh, how would you like to see that addressed? Um, one of the, sorry, Faith, you go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I was pondering. Um, I think we need to, and, and this has been said, um, we need to rethink how we need to rethink which qualities are for a good leader or for a good person because currently the qualities of competence for example um, um i mean confidence not competence confidence that's something that doesn't come naturally with women right we don't we tend to be humble, we tend to be a little more reserved. And that, that automatically uh, eliminates us from leadership because you're supposed to be confident, mm -hmm. you're supposed to be wow. more uh, loud, you're supposed to be assertive, and that's not natural for us. So if, if we rethink the qualities that are supposed to be used um, when deciding who is a good leader, then maybe we would have more women in our positions because that's uh, you know the qualities that they uh, that they have can be actually um, used to gauge this uh, used to gauge them instead mm -hmm. of masculine qualities. I mean, I want to. I, I fully agree with that. I want to say, give one side note to that then, because um, you mentioned assertiveness and the fact that women don't necessarily have that quality. I kind of disagree. And I okay. want to use you as an example, because I know you <laughs> in your work. And you are the type of person that always takes the lead into like certain activities. You are always the one that takes, um, that says, yes, let's do this and let's set this up. So yeah. I do think that we as women do have those type of, 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 of uh, aspects. But we learn them, right? We learn but them. But we learn them and we yeah. usually have to, I would almost say exaggerate them for ourselves yeah. to actually get noticed. And I think that that exaggeration of things, um, that is actually where the skewed few comes in place uh, and also gets people to say, Hey, don't be such a bitch. Hey, don't mm -hmm. be so bossy. Hey, are you okay? Because this is not how you normally behave. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, I did an exercise um, with uh, a coach on that where I'd, I'd, had a, I'd had a row with somebody in a, in a work context and I couldn't let it go. I had this kind of ruminating narrative in my mind and I explained it. keeps it in it. your head. Yeah. That happens. I kept on reliving the thing. Um, and she asked me to kind of do a visualization in four stages where I relived the thing that actually happened and I talked through, you know, how I had lived it. And she brought me through a kind of a, a change of mindset and perspective. And it like, took 20 minutes. It wasn't a, a really long winded exercise. But 
what I realized was that I had turned up and I was so desperate for my competence to be recognized that I was pushy about it. I needed to kind of feel validated. I needed the people that I was talking to to acknowledge me. And she said, but you know what? You're kind of assuming that they were thinking about you. Most of the time, people aren't thinking about other people. They're thinking about themselves. And I, you know, when I did the visualization with her, she explained to me that, you know, I was projecting onto the people that they were probably discrediting me, not, you know, not believing me, not respecting me. She said, they probably weren't even thinking about you at all. They could have been thinking about anything else, but it most likely was not you. So it was helpful in the sense that when I know that I'm going into a situation that might be a bit tense, what I try consciously to do now is turn up and say, I'm going in with kind of the security that I am good at this topic. I don't know everything. You know, I'm not going in bragging. You don't have to. Exactly. And I'm going in and kind of a change of mindset in that I turn up with a mindset of generosity. If you want to listen to me, that's fine. I'm here for you. But if you don't, that's yeah. What it means is that I don't have those ruminating conversations anymore. If the situation, you know, goes south and there's aggression coming from the other person, that's on them. Yeah. I'm not entertaining it and I don't take it anymore. And I kind of say, well, listen, I, I'm here to help. Come to me with your problem and I'll do my best for you. But if you don't want to listen, then that's, that's also okay. Fine. But then don't waste my time either. Yeah. And I, I have noticed a change that I don't have that monologue in my mind anymore, where I'm going, oh, I wish I'd said this or done that. And I kind of replay the thing over and over again, because that drains energy. Um, okay. so I'm I learning still have that. that. <laughs> yeah, I still have that. I always have that monologue like, so what did I do? Should I have said something else? Should I have done something else? Was my voice okay? Or, you know, you, I'm always thinking or overthinking. Worst case scenario, you wake up like six months later in the middle of the night and you think, oh, this is what I could have said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But luckily I don't have that anymore, but yeah. <laughs> but one thing I have also learned is simply to speak up. Mm-hmm. When someone is, it just depends, right? Sometimes I will even tell the person, why are you attacking me? Mm-hmm. What what have I done? Or if I do not have the guts to face the person, I'll report. That was my I just learned to speak up. Yeah, that was my step one. Instead of you, Jennifer, you said, you know, what would we change? Um, my first step to change was taking a decision that if I thought I was going to have that monologue, then. I was going to make that spur of the moment decision. I'm going to say it now instead of saying nothing and keeping those words inside me yeah. and then have the conversation with myself. And I had to kind of consciously make that decision in a lot of situations until it became muscle memory. And now yeah. I speak up. Well, yeah. it, it can be sometimes scary, especially if you're in a, in a hierarchical uh, mismatch, however you want to say it. Like I've had moments uh in in previous lives however you want to call it um where it was really scary to to address those things in a way like i feel like this you make me feel like this in this situation um because for one you don't know how that person reacts for two you don't know if they care and for three you don't know if something will change 
but despite those aspects I still like Faith said learned to speak up I still think it's very important also to speak up for yourself because if you don't say anything nothing will change mm-hmm. the weird thing for me has been if I if I look back in my career I think the first several years I was able to speak up I really didn't fear maybe because also I I also liked what I was doing so I always just you know um I felt as if even though I was keeping keeping appearance I felt as if I always fitted and I was I didn't really have those questionable questions mm-hmm. in my head but when moving into another field or another career which is not really your comfort uh zone I've found that those that circumstances happen when or there have been situations when I start I start doubting myself I start mm-hmm. I start going back to my shell which it, which has which right now I'm trying to unlearn but still I think maybe just the fact that you change environments it comes from also yeah can also mm-hmm. trigger that and if you find that being the case every single time just sleep walk out yeah yeah I mean, it's really important. It's something that you said in our first, our first episode, which is, you know, you're kind of committing to representation and, you know, being seen because you can't be what you can't see. And somebody has to take this, the first step to being seen so that other people can follow. And there are some amazing role models in, in the world, yeah. you know, the, 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 the yeah. ones, the, the Michelle Obamas, the Jacinta Derns, who are vocally, gently, but vocally saying and showing actually through their policies, through their actions and their behaviors that we can have a different type of leader and not yeah. only maintain the bar, raise the bar. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be loud and brash. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to crush people on the contrary. You don't have to attack them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when if you're alone, we go high. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you're empathetic and when you're kind and you're human and you're vulnerable, you know, and you turn up and you show that you've just had a baby and that you're being a mom at the same time as you're being a prime minister um, and that it's totally okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I, I'm hopeful when I see women like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, I, you know, I, when Faith, when you were talking in our first episode about that, I got goosebumps from that, right? Because that's super important. Um, yeah. you know, taking, taking the step because you're taking a step that maybe other people couldn't and other people will be able to because you are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not insignificant. It's, it's, it's a little step, but a big achievement. Yeah. yeah. I recently spoke with a female leader uh, in our organization and wow, I was wowed. I, I remember I, I remember leaving that conversation thinking I wish I had met this woman before well, I wish I had met this woman earlier uh, I wish I was actually reporting directly to this woman because I had I had the feeling that the the lady was listening to me mm-hmm. not just listening but hearing yeah the the lady was trying to be helpful the lady was obviously competent but even with all those 
characteristics still had the patience to listen to me. So, Humbleness. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that there's, that there's a lot of research that's being done at the moment. And what's interesting is the, I think some of the best research that's being done on this at the moment between sort of the link of women's place in leadership, the competences, the competencies that drive leadership performance. Mm -hmm. A lot of the most prevalent research is being done by men. Um, and I'm kind of happy biased. <laughs> Slightly biased, I'm sorry. But no, no. Yes, but it, it's, it's the, the, the most progressive research on this topic is being done by men in favor of women. That's what I mean. And that's the kind of surprising thing where um, there, there's some great research that's been done um, about how both men and women conflate certain attributes as being indicative of leadership performance yeah. when they absolutely aren't. So Faith mentioned confidence and charisma. Um, there is no causal or you know, correlation effect between those necessarily. And it's not because you are confident that you will be a bad leader, but it's not because you are confident that no. you will be a good leader. Yeah. Because you somehow get this image in your head of like the biggest gorilla on the rock then that just pumps his chest and pushes himself forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this is a topic that we could spend, we probably will, <laughs> but spend a lot of time on, right? Because it's, it's a big topic um, and it's kind of emerging now in social sciences and organizations are taking it on, some organizations are taking it on yeah. more and more seriously. But um, anyway, we're, I think, you know, we're doing what we can to uh, influence at our level. Um, but this was, this was another great conversation. I, I love meeting up with you guys. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so are we done for today? We're good for today. We'll probably pick this up again on, a, on an episode three, four, or, four, or whenever. But yeah, I think, I think we're good for today. It's then it's a wrap maybe. So ciao. one thing still, one thing still um, okay. for our viewers. Yes. If you want to participate, please let us know. You can contact us through uh, the LinkedIn profiles or through any type of other contacting measurement. Um, we appreciate the input. We love the feedback. Thank you so much for that. And um, yeah, thank you so much for next time. Please like and subscribe. Yes. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>